0: You know, they say knowledge is power, and if you want to feel real powerful, you got to know what's going on in the world, the important stuff. Well, that's what you got us for. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my friend Chris Sinzak. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast, and it's time for the new noise. We're going to break it down for you. As always, it's probably all news to me, but Chris Sinzak, man, he's on top of things. He knows what's going on in the world. We're all going to learn a little something. You ready to break it down for us, my friend?
1: I'm ready. I don't know if, if I'm super prepared today, but I found some decent stories to talk about, and we'll just muddle through them as we usually do. But uh, okay. yeah, I've got a, a few interesting things to uh, go over with you.
0: Well, I guess before we get into all that, we should you know, let everybody know we've been talking about changing the name of the news show, and we got some suggestions, as we talked about last week. I like GeekWire myself. I yeah. mean, originally... Like you said, there was one episode of it way, way, way back in the archives. But the original concept was that that was the news show. So I think GeekWire works, but we're going to take everybody's suggestions. We're going to put them in a poll on the Decibel Geek community, right? Yeah. And then you guys vote, and we'll figure out what we're going to call this. I'm voting for GeekWire, but I want to see what everybody else came up with, too. Yeah, I'm kind of partial to it myself.
1: But yeah, we'll 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 put it to the people and we'll see what
0: you guys think. And then if you guys choose something dumb, we'll just call it Geekwire anyway. <laughs> yeah. Full disclosure, that's probably what we'll do. But we want we
1: want to at least make you feel involved. So yeah, why yeah.
0: not? You know, everybody's anybody that's suggested something, we ought to take it into consideration. There might be something better than GeekWire. I haven't seen all of them yet. Yeah. And uh, before we get into the first story, I, and I know I speak
1: on your behalf when I say thank you all for the overwhelming love and support that we got for episode 500. It, it meant a lot to us.
0: Yeah, for sure. It was super cool. A lot of fun to record that. I might be still a little bit hungover all these days later, <laughs> but uh, yeah, totally worth it. It was a great celebration. And don't forget, this Friday night at 7 o'clock Central Time, you can follow us on, the, uh, on our Facebook You're going to get the notification. If you're part of Decibel Geek community, you already know. And if you are a subscriber to the Decibel Geek TV on YouTube, well, those are all the places you can tune in because this Friday night, the return of Friday Night Live, but it's going to be special. Celebrating our 500th episode. Well, maybe we'll be celebrating our 501st or 2nd by then, but we're going to be doing the roast of the decibel geek podcast so we're gonna have a bunch of friends come on they're gonna bust our balls you're more than welcome to come be a part of it or just laugh along with us maybe cry along with us we'll see how it goes yeah we encourage you to roast us in the comment section yeah definitely and so that's live stream you know happening right now when it's live so when you're commenting it's happening as part of the show so that makes you a part of it too and we love that. That's why we like doing the Friday Night Live episodes is because they're as interactive as it gets. You know, we create these shows. We put them out to you. You love them. We make new ones. That's just the way it's always been with Friday Night Live. It's a chance to interact. And that's really my favorite thing about it.
1: Yeah, me too. It's it's always fun. I wish we could do it more often, but it's just, you know, like schedules and life gets kind of in the way. But um, yeah, we're excited for it. It's going to be loose. You know, I'd. I'm not, you know, making anything super scripted with this. It's just going to be more fun and whoever wants to come on, we have some, some of our podcasting friends are confirmed to come on and then uh, I've gotten a few co- a couple of clips and I'm not going to spoil any of them, but yeah, some interesting clips have come in already.
0: Yeah, we got some really great friends ready to come on and tear us new assholes. Yeah, well after a week of getting all
1: the love, now it's time to get taken down a notch. <laughs>
0: It's how we keep our egos in check. After something like the 500th episode celebration, we need a little something to bring us back down to Earth. <laughs> yeah, I'm already
1: halfway there because I'm getting a cold, so sorry for my sniffles ahead of time, folks. Um, but yeah, so we ready to get into the first story? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get to the news. Well, it's it's a good thing that I saw, except on the opening night of the tour that they just did in Nashville, because uh, they're running into some trouble. Uh, they had... first they had a show in Toronto scheduled and singer Mark Tornillo had to bow out of the show. He's got some kind of a throat infection or a virus or something. They said it's not COVID, Um, but they did the show anyway with uh, Christopher Williams from the drums and um, Martin Motnick on the bass, like kind of filling in here and there on some of the vocal parts as they got through the show. They ended up playing kind of a cut down set in Toronto and uh christopher released a statement basically stating you know it was kind of a a damned if you do damned if you don't situation because they could have canceled but i mean how often does accept tour through north america so it's it was probably one of those things like when's the next time we're going to get to come back here and make this up so um i can i uh, see where the band's coming from i also see that it's kind of where some of the fans are coming from because some of the fans were a little let down that they played a shorter set than normal, but I guess it's just a bad situation all the way around.
0: Yeah, but one thing I did read was that given the circumstances that Christopher and Martin, they were awesome, yeah. so it was a unique opportunity to see something that nobody else is going to get to see. Were you at that accept show the time when the drummer and the bass player did all the singing? Well, no, you know, I was. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, and can I derail us for just a second? Sure. Um, Because
1: that reminds me of a video I saw online um, the other day, and this is KISS-related. So you remember in the KISS Confidential video, there's like the whole section where Paul talks about them doing a show on the Revenge Tour, and a fan threw up a shirt on the stage that has his face airbrushed as big as the shirt, and he wore it for several shows? Yeah. You remember that section? Well, the guy that, made that shirt and threw it up on stage made a video about it and it's uh he's a content creator in the kiss world he has a cool youtube channel called it's all for you demon which is a great name for a, for a youtube channel yeah and he's he's just a funny guy but he's from uh st Joan, missouri st joseph missouri which is up near kansas city where i used to live and it uh, so he tells the whole story of how it came about like it but him and his friend went on vacation somewhere and they found this guy doing airbrushed shirts and his buddy got Gene airbrushed and he got Paul airbrushed on his shirt and they go to the concert in St. Joe, which it's a weird place for Kiss to play a concert. It's a tiny little town at the chiefs actually do their training camp there every year. And, um, they, uh, so they go to the sh- the show and his buddy throws j- the shirt with Gene on it up, up to Gene and Gene like, you know, holds it up and shows the crowd and everything. <laughs> and then his buddy looks at him. He's like, well, now you got to do it too. And throw that up to, to Paul. And he throws it up to Paul. Paul hangs it on his mic stand, and then you can imagine how freaked out he was. Like a year later, when Kiss Confidential comes out, him and his buddy are sitting in the house, and because and he was like, "I don't know if I'll ever see that shirt again." And there's that whole section on there of him, of his shirt being shown on the video. It Man. was just it was so cool to see come full circle. But then, on top of that, part of the why he made this video was because um, I guess he had told the story online about it. And one of his friends, um, sent him a magazine from I think Mexico or South America that came out a few years after this. And it, the cover of the magazine is Paul on stage wearing that shirt. Wow. Yeah. And it's got a whole poster inside of him wearing the shirt too. And he's like, he said that it, it took him right back to the nineties when, you know, he saw that his shirt on the video, man, that is pretty damn cool. Yeah, I love stories like that. But yeah, I always love that, that section of the video with with the shirt. And I'm like, that's really cool. And then it's cool to get the story behind it and where it came from.
0: Because who would ever think that there's a story behind something like that? But there is.
1: Well, and the, re-
0: the reason that ties into the
1: kind of the Accept story is that show in Kiss lore is kind of a weird show because um, Paul Stanley, he lost his voice that night. And if you have Kiss Alive Forever, it, it talks about it. Gene had to sing several of Paul's songs on the fly at this show, Wow. and it, it was apparently hilarious because Gene sucks bad enough remembering his own lyrics, much less Paul Stanley's. <laughs> and like he he like botched the lyrics to like almost all the songs that he had to, had to cover for Paul. So it like he got to witness kind of a, a unique kiss show.
0: That's pretty wild. Yeah, I can imagine yeah. Gene trying to remember. Words to Love Gun and stuff and not getting it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> is there any video out there of that show?
1: I don't think there's video. I I have heard some audio from it, and, and actually it was Love Gun that I remember hearing. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is he singing right there? <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was interesting. But yeah, with except, um, they ended up canceling their... Uh, new Jersey concert that's coming up. They, they, Cause he's still struggling with this viral infection that he's got. So, uh, you know, best wishes to Mark Tornello and the, yeah. the guys from Accept.
0: way to go to Christopher and Martin for stepping yeah. up, man. Very cool. Yeah.
1: That's not an easy thing to step in and do, especially with those songs. No, they still play in standard tuning too. That's not yeah. easy. Um, I just thought this was interesting. So, you know, Iron Maiden on their new tour, they have like a spit a replica of a Spitfire plane from like World War II or whatever that hangs over the stage. And uh, I guess the replica plane malfunctioned during their Wooster concert on the Legacy oh, of the shit. Beast tour. <laughs> is what during, happened? Uh, during Ace's High, the closing song of the set, the Spitfire was supposed to buzz the stage while Bruce Dickinson and his bandmates performed the tr- track from their fifth the studio album. However, the plane appeared to have gotten stuck while making its way to the front of the stage, forcing some of the roadies to frantically scramble to resolve the issue before removing the plane from the stage altogether. At one point, Dickinson could be seen looking back at the plane as it was being lowered behind the stage, apparently unsure of what had happened. <laughs> Total spinal tap. <laughs> well,
0: it's not as bad as I imagined. I imagine yeah. they kicked into the song and then the plane came down, but then went back up and out the top of the arena, and people are wondering where the hell this plane is at. Yeah.
1: Apparently, In this article, it says it's a 90% sized replica of the plane. So it's yeah. almost like actual size. That's crazy.
0: Didn't Pink Floyd have the big old plane crash thing on their stage like back in the day? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And pigs flying around and all that good yeah. stuff. I love it when there's extra stuff to see in a concert as opposed to just a band on stage. Yeah. I saw
1: the pig fly over Vanderbilt Stadium in nineteen ninety four at the Pink Floyd show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool show. What I remember of it was cool. Um <laughs> Well when in Rome at a pink floyd County. yeah, yeah you, right. you, you have to act accordingly of course um so uh George Lynch has decided to go back to using the lynch mob name so I guess uh, racism's over
0: oh so i I didn't realize that <laughs> so was that something that people called on him to cancel
1: I think he called on himself to do it it's weird he you know it was I think it was a couple years ago that you know, he decided he wasn't going to use the name anymore. And he said he just, he said that he'd always kind of had a weird vibe from using it. Because, I mean, if you know history, you know, lynch mob is a terrible connotation. You know, it's, yeah. it's incredibly racist. It's a racist. group of
0: people going, well, I mean, it's not, I mean, yeah, I guess it became known with, with that, but I think it's just a group of people yeah. going and stringing somebody up. But yeah. is Lynch George Lynch's real last name?
1: I believe so, yeah. Then I don't I mean, yeah, I don't think <laughs> I think it was honestly, I think he wanted press. I think that's all it was. Yeah. But then he wound up going with the name George Lynch and the Electric Freedom for the last year. And but nobody I'm, could remember it. I'm sorry, but that's a terrible band name. I just too I, long. Yeah. Electric Freedom. I just it, that sounds like uh calling your band Rock Solid, eh, Aaron?
0: Yeah. Or Savage Animal.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just kind of generic. You know, it, yeah. just, it just sounds like something sounds like something you'd see a rock band called on a TV show.
0: You know, it just doesn't I mean, work. Outside, outside of Docking, Lynch Mob is the brand that's most yeah. associated with George Lynch. And if you want name recognition, but you don't really want to use that name, mm-hmm. just form the George Lynch Band that's one on tour as the George Lynch band.
1: Yeah. He could just bill himself as George Lynch and it would probably be the same, but, um, I don't know. Maybe guarantees are bigger if you use that name. Um, but the, the current version of the band has, uh, Jimmy Deanna playing drums from bullet boys and, uh, right on Jared Gulno from tantric and singer Gabriel Cologne. I don't know who that is, but, hmm. but yeah, that's the current version of the band, but I just thought it was funny. um, So, yeah, I mean, use whatever name you want, George. You're a great guitar player.
0: Yeah, wacky times we live in. I don't know what's real and not anymore. (laughs) Uh, Well,
1: so speaking of band use names, I thought this was an interesting headline, but it's probably nothing to panic over. Zach Wild says in an interview that he has yet to learn how to play any of the Pantera songs for the upcoming tour that they're doing.
0: Well, you know, you think about that because everyone always said, well, if anyone should do it, it should be Zach Mm Wild. But... That's to presume that Zach Wilde knows how to play all these Pantera songs. You know, you think, well, him and Dime were so close. Clearly, Zach Wilde learned every one of Dime's songs, right? right. Well, that doesn't really make sense when you think about it like that.
2: No. You know, Zach Wilde's got his own
0: stuff <laughs> going on. So as much as he probably loves and appreciates the music, the fact that he doesn't know how to play it all, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, it's I guess that's no reason to panic if... if Zach could probably sit down for not, and I'm not putting down Pantera songs, but I'm just for Zach's skill level, he could sit down in a weekend and probably get the whole set together with no problem. I mean, I don't, I have no question that he'll be fine.
0: He could probably do that with any band or any band's discography, I would think.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, he did, um, this all came from an appearance he did on the SDR show. <clears throat> he said uh i had nothing to do with putting it together i'm friends with the guys it'd be like if noel redding and mitch mitchell were going to do a tribute to jimmy and they asked Clapton, and eric would you sing and play Jimmy stuff we're going to put this tribute thing together it's just like of course eric would do it just let me know when you want to do it it's just like anything like when we do like experience hendrix we do anything like that it's just like would you guys like to go out and honor jimmy hendrix it's just like yeah why wouldn't we and he says, of course I'm going to be honored even if it was a festival they were putting together and they wanted Black Label to come up and have Phil sing and we're going to have all different bands up there, Lamb of God, Black Label, Anthrax, and all the bands play a Pantera song and Phil's going to sing. Of course we'd be involved, why wouldn't we be involved? And he says, I don't know how to play the songs. If if Dime had to play the No More Tears solo and Mama, I'm Coming Home and Miracle Man and Perry Mason and play Suicide Messiah, I'd be like, you must know Zach's stuff. He would be like, no, I don't know any of his stuff. Right, Zach's yeah. my buddy, but no, I don't know any of his stuff.
0: Right, yeah, I, yeah, exactly.
1: He'll be fine. It's it's Zach Wilde. I'm sure he can play all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I ain't too worried about, <laughs> you know, you go into the Pantera reunion tribute show and Zach Wilde gets up there and ruins it because he doesn't know any of the songs. <laughs> I ain't worried about that at all.
1: <laughs> thank, thank God they didn't sign Vinnie Benson up for it. Um.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Most obvious headline of the week. Vinnie Vincent hasn't learned how to play any of the songs yet. Yeah. Or any of his But own. he will. Yeah. He promises.
1: Or any of his own songs. Um he's anyway. going to learn
0: double the songs.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, you'll get two concerts for the price of one. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, oh man. Our favorite punching bag. All right, well, uh. Um, new Skid Row singer, Eric Gronwall says that some fans think Sebastian Bach is still in the band.
0: <laughs> Did you hear about this? I mean, after hearing that new album, you might be able to say that. Yeah. Cause I, I got the new Skid Row album and I freaking love it. Love it.
1: I like what I've heard. Of. I've only heard like four songs, but I've liked what I've heard so far.
0: Yeah. The stuff that they release the singles, that stuff's pretty good. But there's other songs on there that are just amazing. And you know what? He does. There's no denying it. We talked about this just a couple of weeks ago about Great White getting Brett Carlyle to fill in for a show and how Brett Carlyle isn't a big-name guy from a different band that feels tied to their own sound. Well, I'm not going to change the way I sing to sound more authentic for Great White. You know, there's fans coming to see me, too. You get a young guy in there that goes, you know what? What do I got to lose? I'm going to give it my best shot to make it authentic and sound good like Jack Russell does. And that's what that kid did. And that's what Eric Gronwald does on the new Skid Row album. Mm -hmm. Like, if you squint your ears a little bit, you wouldn't know no difference. Right. Like, he really nails it. Like, down to where I was listening to this with the wife. And she goes, wow. I go, what? She goes... That scream he did just now sounds just like Sebastian Bach. And I said, I'm telling you, the whole album's like mm-hmm. this. Where, you know, even with, with Johnny Solinger, you know, Johnny Solinger at the time may not have been the most well known guy on the worldwide or national scene, but he had been in his own band for a lot of years and had a certain measure of success and fame with the band Solinger. Mm-hmm. So even he. You know, it was kind of like, well, I got this job because I'm good, because I'm known for this. Yeah. Yeah. You can oh. kind of say that about Eric Ronwald, too, because he's known for the band Heat.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah I don't know that good. much about Heat. Does he sound like Sebastian Bach when he sang for that band? He's Yeah, he sounds basically the same
1: as he did in Heat. I mean, I, I don't okay. hear much difference. I, I, I'm not a Heat aficionado like our friend Stephen Michael is. He loves that band. Um Yeah. But uh, and so does Sonny, but no, I'm what I've heard of Heat. Yeah, it sounds sounds pretty similar. It doesn't sound like he's like trying to sound like Sebastian. I just think he's got his vocal timber is just in that range, you know. Yeah, um,
0: he fits right in with the rest of this band and makes for a killer album.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, the the interview was from uh, the Rock and Roll Coffee Show, which is a good show. I've listened to a few times. But he said the the quote is just so funny because you know if Sebastian sees this quote, he's just going to go ballistic. He says (laughs) there's so many different types of fans. I've realized that because when we did the show in California, some people came up to me after the show and they were like, Sebastian, you've still got it.
0: (laughs) Wow. So not only do they think Sebastian's still in the band, they think this young dude is Sebastian. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I
1: think it was hilarious. That is
0: wild. You know, you don't being of the mind that we are Mm -hmm. as hosts of this show. And of the mind of the people that listen to a show like this, where that sounds so ridiculous. Like, who would go to a band's show just totally oblivious like that? Like, when I go see a band, I know a little something about that band. I'm invested in this band, therefore this is the reason why I've come to see it. It's weird, man. It's weird that... The well, world is full of just oblivious people like this.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we're the we're the outliers. The majority of people that right. buy tickets to these bands, they just oh, I remember that I remember you song back in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, so I want to go Life. See them. Yeah, that that that's all they know. That's why people continue to pony up to see Bon Jovi and Motley Crue and and then still cheer along when they hear what's coming out of the speakers.
0: But anyway, You're like man, you sound great. There's something different about you, Sebastian Bach. It's like you're way younger than what yeah. you should be. <laughs> you don't age, man. And you don't look anything like you used to look at
1: all. But look you at, sound great. They look at their friend and then the crowd next to him, going, he's had work done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. A lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the whole thing rebuilt yeah. from the bottom
1: up. Yeah. He's a simulation of himself. Oh, man. That's
0: crazy. But yeah, if you haven't gotten the new Skid Row album yet, the gang's all here. If you were a fan of Skid Row back in the day, there ain't nothing not to love on this new album. I'm telling you, I was super impressed with it. Uh, There's a store here in town called CD Warehouse that when new albums are coming out, they're still getting the new stuff. So what happened was last Friday, I didn't realize it. It was like this album crept up on me, and all of a sudden, here it is. Shit, the new Skid Row album's out. So all day long, I'm sweating it, going, man, I'm going to have to go home and order it. That means I'm going to have to wait another week for it or whatever. Maybe, just maybe, he's got it at CD Warehouse. And so there's a little rack up in front by the cash register where he puts all the new CDs, and then the new LPs are over on the racks. So I go straight in there. And the dude that I know that works there that I usually see isn't there. And there's some young chick working there. And I walk in. She's like, yeah, can I help you? And I walk right over to that rack. And I go, yes, it was the last one. Uh Like Red Hot Chili Peppers hadn't sold out. And whatever other new stuff was on there that I didn't know nothing about hadn't sold out. But I got the last skid row. It was the first of the new albums to sell out off of there. And I put it up on the counter. I was like, yes. And she's like, oh, is that it? And, you know, it was Friday. I didn't have a whole lot of cash on me, but I did have enough for a CD. And uh, so I said, nope, that's it. That's I, I came in just for this. And she was like, okay. <laughs> well, Cobras and
1: Fire approved question here, because I know Baco or, or LC would ask this question. You said it sold out.
0: Are you sure you didn't get the only copy they stocked? Ah, good point. That could be. <laughs> that could be. It's possible. I, yeah. I like to think that he got more copies of the Skid Row C D than any others and it's still sold out first. But I mean logic says it could go either way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, there were several KISS albums in the nineties where I would I would say, Oh, I got the last copy. And they're like, You got the only copy. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh
1: man. Yeah,
0: that's funny.
1: Could be. I don't know. I almost bought it at uh, the records. Uh, the Great Escape out here had it on vinyl, but they wanted like fucking forty two dollars for the damn thing. I was wow. like, I'm not paying that much for it. I'll find it cheaper online, I'm
0: sure. Man, vinyl is so expensive now.
1: Yeah, I was. Like, I'm not paying forty two dollars for this. It's just. I'll find it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so uh, Slipknot frontman Corey Taylor apparently is kind of trying to break into the Rob Zombie type territory here. He bought the rights. To the famous Monsters brand, he's going to relaunch the magazine as well as use the name for toys, film production, and hosting
0: festivals. Huh. I mean, that's kind of cool. It's kind of weird that, that something like that is out and available. But yep. I guess you got Corey Taylor money. I mean, it's an investment. Yep. Even if you, your music career winds down, you don't feel like doing that anymore, there's something else you can fall on that you're interested in. Obviously, he cares about it. Otherwise, he wouldn't care about it.
1: Can't wait to see his version of the monsters.
0: Huh. I don't know about that.
1: Wow. Well, everybody's panning Rob Zombies. <coughs> I was but just uh, going to say, yeah,
0: when a yeah. rock star remakes a movie, you know, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Everybody seems to tear into them because they're not Hollywood.
1: All right. Um, yeah. Tongue planted firmly in cheek there with that comment. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it, it's interesting. I mean, um, I need to go to Blabbermouth to find out what Corey Taylor thinks of this, though.
0: What he thinks of it.
1: That's the running joke. Anytime they post a story about any band, oh. any artist, what does Corey Taylor think? That went right over your head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I guess, yeah. That's that's why it's all news to me.
1: They call that a way homer joke because you get it on the way home.
0: Uh-huh. Makes sense to me. All right, well, that's cool. You want to take a break for some rock star birthdays? Yep, let's do it. And such, my my weekly segment here on this uh Noisy news or whatever the hell we're going to end up calling it. Let's see. Where did we leave off last time? I think last time we left off with Christine Perry. So that brings us up to a couple of days ago earlier this week. Our awesome friend, Sonny Pooney celebrated a birthday on the 14th. Hollywood. Hollywood for life. That's our guy. We talked about him on the 500th celebration episode we couldn't really do it without him because he's such a fun friend of ours and made multiple appearances on the show over the years. Yep. We made him what he is today.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's all due to us. <laughs> we get the praise or the blame if you're Joey Casada.
0: That's right. Uh, let's see. On the 19th, couple of birthdays celebrated by Izzy Presley former rock and pod guest a famous vikings funny dude yes yeah, stinking vikings fan <laughs> got a couple of them on the list today uh sharing a birthday on his same day famous rock photographer neil zlazauer
1: Zla, zloz or zlazauer zlozauer oh, yeah. zlazauer. Man,
0: <laughs> that sad. is one tough name to pronounce yeah,
1: having Z's in your name sucks.
0: Yeah, more than one. It's terrible. Exactly. How can anybody pronounce your name? I have throw no some idea. S's and Y's in there too. Why don't you?
1: I know. He's my brother from another Polish mother.
0: Yeah. Speaking of stinking Vikings fans, on the twenty second, we got a trio of cool birthdays on the twenty second. But of course, king of the stinking Vikings fans, our awesome friend from Cobras and Fire, the one and only Baco, celebrating a birthday goal sk Lola. <laughs> i can't talk football this year though there there's some crazy stuff going on in the NFC north happy birthday baco enjoy it while you can
1: i purposely didn't bring that up
0: yeah <laughs> it's all fun when your team is 4 and 1 i guess <laughs> All right. Also on the 22nd, longtime friend of the show, one of the coolest names I've ever heard. Sounds like a rock star or something. Denver D. De Serrano.
1: That is a cool name.
0: Shouldn't he be like on a beer commercial or something? I'm Denver D. De Serrano, and I endorse this. Right? <laughs> it's a great name. Good friend of the show. Happy birthday, Denver. Um, also on the 22nd, our awesome friend, Joe Polo, celebrating a birthday.
2: Joe. I love him.
0: What's up, y'all? All All right, then on the 23rd, awesome bass player, one of the best in the entire world, was with Suicidal Tendencies for many years, been with Metallica for a long, long time now, born in 1964, Robert Truio, celebrating a birthday. (laughs) Truio. I mean, seriously, if you were going to pick a bass player to be in your band out of anybody out there, I would put that guy pretty highly on my draft list.
1: Nobody finger picks and crab walks like he does.
0: No, pretty awesome. I love it. I was always excited when he joined the band because I loved him in Suicidal. Yeah. Let's see. Here's a kiss related one celebrating a birthday on the 24th. The demon, Dale Torborg. Oh, yeah. Got to meet him at the Creatures Fest. Heck of a nice guy. And we'll say wrapping this one up for rock star Birthdays. She's a rock star to us through and through. Has been so good to us over the years, ever since we got to meet her when we met the great Dick Wagner, celebrating a birthday on the 26th. We know her. We love her a lot. Talking about Susan Michelson. Happy
1: birthday, Susie. We love you.
0: Heck, yeah. Took us down to Florida, set us up. I. Uh, any word on that? Are we going to be able to put that out? Our talk with Artie Cornfeld. Yeah, I think
1: we're clear to do it. I think I've got it in a drive that was shared with me. It's just massively big,
0: but this I, uh, is, I this is this is a cool it. one. This is one that the listeners can take <laughs> back to their parents and be like, "See, Decibel Geek <laughs> is cool." Yeah, I, I mentioned. I
1: remember when we went down there. Before we went down there, I was like firing off some of the writing credits that he had to my mother. And she's like, finally, you're talking to somebody I've heard of.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was thinking like when stuff would come up, you would be like, you know, this kind of reminds me of something my dad would like. And you would right. take it to, your, you know, your dad and be like, check this out. And you'd want your parents to understand why you liked what you liked. And you thought you could show something to prove to them that, you know, and hey, check it out. Motley Crue, smoking in the boys' room, right? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's no Brownsville Station. Yeah, no, they'll probably... Your parents will love that episode, but we'll never listen to another one after.
1: Yeah, my mom listened to our April Fool's episode.
0: Yeah? yeah she said she, she, listened to it, say, she listened to it twice, actually. <laughs> just to try to understand it? <laughs> no, she thought it was that funny. I was like... Wow. Wow. <laughs> She didn't call and say, shame on you boys.
1: No, but she did want to have a word with Vinny after everything that went down. Yeah. <laughs> I said they could share fashion tips.
0: But... Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> you say your mom out there looking for Eric Carr. And now she's out there looking for Vinny Vincent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap up Rockstar birthdays for this go round. But, uh, Got some remembrances coming this week that you want to think of while you're out and about. Time to remember some great legends that we lost in rock and roll. So we celebrate death days as well. Uh, It's kind of funny, I guess, to say it like that, celebrating a death day. It's a good day to remember these guys. On the 20th of October, back in 1977, pretty historical plane crash in Mississippi took out Ronnie Van Zant and Steve and Cassie Gaines from Leonard Skynyrd there's a lot of movies and books and you know you can actually go down there to Mississippi to the place (coughs) there's a little memorial down there and stuff I'm told that you can go visit and pay your respects to but throwing a little Skynyrd this week the old school stuff man when I was young I never really liked Leonard Skinner because I only heard the same couple of songs you know Freebird and all that you know, the breeze over and over on radio and thought, ugh, yeah. Skinner. Who year. needs it? Then I got a little older and started listening to some of them backtracks, man. We could easily do a heavier side of Skinner. I'm telling you. Yeah, I wouldn't some mind doing stuff that. In there.
1: Yeah, we've never you done know? a Skinner episode. That would be fun.
0: would be fun. We should do it. There's plenty yeah. to choose from. Skinner actually has some pretty damn heavy songs.
1: They do. A lot of great guitar playing.
0: Oh, for sure. Yep, yeah. I'm glad I got to discover them more as I got older. I mean, and I could name a hundred bands like that, I think, that heard it on the radio, thought, ah, that's bullshit, that's not for me. Yeah, And then get to hear some of their other stuff and go, well, you know, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, the boys are back in town.
1: Well, Grand Funk was that way for me.
0: Yeah, Grand Funk's another perfect example. Yeah, a lot yeah. of bands, Foghat even.
1: Yeah, Foghat's got a lot of great stuff.
0: Really great. I've become a huge Foghat fan. Yeah, same with Grand Funk and that's pretty cool 70s were a pretty awesome time Mm -hmm. so we jump ahead to the 90s we lost on October 21st back in 95 Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon that was sad yeah that's a bummer way too young you know I remember him because Guns N' Roses was so big at the time and he was connected with Axl Rose being that they were from the same town in Indiana and Mm -hmm. You know, and then Blind Melon came out with the song No Rain, and it was huge. Another example of a band, you hear the song and go, eh. And then you hear the rest of the album go, ooh, there's some good stuff in here. I'm a big Blind Melon fan, but I'm only a big fan of half of Blind Melon's music.
1: Right. Like, some of it's
0: weird and folky, and some of it's hard rocking.
1: I saw Ricky Rackman posted about him the other day. That Apparently, he was Ricky's, like, assistant for a little while back in
0: the day. Oh, wow. Yep. Back then, there wasn't a job in Hollywood that Axel Rose couldn't get you if yeah, you were pretty buddies much. with him. Yeah. You know, Axl, I want to be mayor. Done. Let me make a phone call. <laughs> Let's see. Also celebrating a death day to remember back in 2006 on the 21st, Sandy West from the Runaways. She died way too young, lung cancer. Got her, and then here's another one that's pretty recent. Daisy Berkowitz, the original original guitar player for Marilyn Manson, back even when it was the Spooky Kids, they were yeah. called. They were a Florida band. Daisy Berkowitz was the guitar player and a big part of that band to help launch Marilyn Manson into superstardom. Mm-hmm. And uh, he passed away on October 22nd back in 2017. Yeah, I remember that. Too. So pull out that old Marilyn Manson, crank some Lunchbox.
1: I love that stuff.
0: And think about Daisy Berkowitz. Some great riffs on that early Mm -hmm. stuff. Heavy as hell, but real catchy.
1: Yeah, they were pretty unique in the early days.
0: Real unique. I found not too long ago a pretty interesting CD that was called The Spooky Kids, and it's stuff from back then, like before they started getting some more national attention. It was more like a, a demo album of stuff before they made it big.
1: I think it was, I think it was when Lunchbox was out that I uh, I saw them open at Vanderbilt Gym for Nine Inch Nails. Wow! Back in the '90s, and they were still kind of nobody. I think Sweet Dreams might have just gone on MTV, but they weren't really well known yet. And uh, I remember thinking, man, these guys are bizarre. <laughs> but yeah. it was, but it was a fun show.
0: This motherfucker is gonna get my medal. That was the first Marilyn Manson song I ever heard. I was like, oh, this is badass. Yep. All right, so then let's look at some albums coming out. Some that may have just recently came out and a few that are coming in the future. We didn't really get a chance to talk about any of these too much, but these are ones that have recently come out or are about to drop. So here's what I got for you. The Cult has a new album. It's out. It was released back on the 5th. I didn't even realize it flew right underneath my radar. It's called Under the Midnight Sun, and you know what i've always been a pretty good fan of the cult and i think this is something i want to check out i've kind of you know really liked them a lot when they were new kind of stuck with them over the years but then there were some long breaks in between and kind of fell off with them but i think the cult's a band that i've always really liked and should probably check that one out it's it's
1: different for them it's a little moodier moodier than what you're gonna expect it's it's probably a grower though. Ian Asbury Moody? No. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's par for the course. But it's not a whole lot of get up and go music on this. It's it's pretty no. it's kinda dark for them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, might be interesting to check out. Here's one that I was in the music store last weekend and was hearing some people talk about and give it some pretty rave reviews. New album called Digital Noise Alliance came out on the 7th by Queensryche. I'm liking this one a lot. Yeah, that's what I heard. They were saying, you know, and I've never been a big Queensryche fan, but everybody always tells me you really need to sit down and listen Mm -hmm. to some of their stuff.
1: Especially the stuff with Todd. I think he would like it better.
0: Yeah? It's
1: it's heavier. It's less, less proggy.
0: Well, maybe this is a good place for me to start then. In 2022... I'm going to give Queensrack a try. I want to check out this new album. And check out the album called The Verdict. I think you'd really like that one. Okay. All right. I'll put that on my list. Here's a band we've talked about in the past a little bit. Cool, cool name. You're going to remember them when I say it. Talking about King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard.
1: Is this their fourth album this year?
0: On October 7th, they got a new album came out called Ice, Death. Planets, Lungs, Mushrooms, and Lava. Okay. It's their 21st album. Yeah. Third of 2022. Oh, third one. I was yeah. uh, overshot on that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're prolific.
0: Yeah. You know, that's it's kind of cool and kind of weird, you know, because... That's another band. I like a percentage of their stuff, like a small percentage. But the small percentage of their stuff that I like, I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. rest of it's all kind of weird. But the thing is, they come out with so many albums that they can experiment all they want. You know, here's a new album. Don't like that? Or only like two songs off of that one? Check out this one. Oh, you like three songs off of that one? Cool. Try this one, you know? (laughs) So they come out with all kinds of different stuff, like one album might be 70s funk, one album might be death metal, one album might be electronica, one album might be folk rock. You know, you just, it's hard to keep up with this band.
1: Yeah, there's something for every mood from that band.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's see. Also on the 7th, a couple of albums came out. Lamb of God's new album, Omens, came out. I know we were just talking about them not too long ago. Another band we were just talking about on the last New Noise. Wednesday 13's new album, Horrifier, is out now. It's awesome. Came out on the 7th. On the 12th, oh, check it out. Brand new album right here. It's their 22nd album. Fourth of 2022. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. (laughs) They're back with their big follow-up to last week's. Ice, Death, Planets, Lungs, Mushrooms, and Lava. New album, Laminated Denim. Coming your way on the 12th. Wow. They don't even let their fans breathe. Here's a new one.
1: They must own their own record-pressing plant.
0: <laughs> Gotta be something like that. People oh, are buying them. I guess so. I mean, how cool would it be if, say, your favorite band came out with a new album every month? Yeah. What if Ace Frilly came out with a new album every month? How cool would that be? What if King Gizzard
1: and the Lizard Wizard is really just a record club <laughs> disguised as a band?
0: <laughs> That's why all their albums sound different. They'll
1: yeah. <laughs> just throw the same name on it every time.
0: It's like 10 bands with a great idea. Yeah, We're It's a subscription a lot record of club, and they fooled you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, let's see. On the 14th, New albums came out by Alter Bridge. New album called Pawns and Kings. Red Hot Chili Peppers got a new album out. This is unlike them, but this is their second album of 2022. It's called Return of the Dream Canteen. I have not heard any of this yet, but I hear that there's a tribute or a song about Eddie Van Halen on it.
1: Yeah, I heard it the other day.
0: Yeah? Is it ripping awesome like old Van Halen? No. No, it's just
1: it's got some lyrical content about Eddie, but it's that sounds like typical modern day Chili Peppers.
0: Yeah, Chili Peppers is another one. I was a big fan of theirs back in the day. In the last many years, you know, I'll still pick up their new album. The last one they came out with earlier in the year, I think there was two songs on it I thought were pretty cool. Were they both about California? They were both about California and how great it is there. That's,
1: yeah. <laughs> all, that's all they write about is California.
0: <laughs> like Everybody else says California sucks, but the Chili Peppers, no. They love it there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we talked about this earlier, Skid Row, their new album, The Gang's All Here, also came out on the 14th yeah. at the CD Warehouse, outselling the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I choose to believe. <laughs> it's a good album. I recommend it highly. Yeah. And then we got two we can look forward to this week. Too, that I've been looking forward to for a long time. The new one from Striper, The Final Battle, comes out on the 21st. Should be good. Those guys have been on a hell of a roll. Their last many albums really kind of revitalized since Perry Richardson joined the band and been putting out some of the best stuff of their entire career, yep. which is odd to say. Like, oh, I like the new Striper album better than I like something that came out in the mid-'80s. right. right? But I do. I like the contemporary Striper stuff way better. It's heavier. It's got more of an edge to it. But it still stays true to what they are and what their fans love about them. And, you know, I think somebody that would listen to Striper without any kind of pretense of what you're listening to would probably think it was pretty awesome.
1: Well, there's no ballads like Honestly. That's the only downside.
0: Oh, no, that's not the downside. (laughs) That's the upside. (laughs) In your world, maybe. I like that. But yeah, new striper coming out. It's called The Final Battle. Get yours on the 21st. And of course, I've been waiting a long time for this one, and it's coming right now. It's probably available tomorrow or yesterday, depending on when this comes out. But right around the time you're hearing this, the new album from Ugly Kid Joe Rad yeah. Wings of Destiny.
1: You got it on pre order? It's long. finally
0: here. No, I got it. I'm going to go down to the uh, dude told me he was going to have it. Oh, so I'm, I have gotten. Here's the cool thing about that. This place, CD Warehouse, it's not too far up the street from my house. Once I discovered that he does get new albums by bands that I give a shit about, I've been able to give myself back the feeling of what it was like to be young and waiting for them to throw open the gates at the Camelot Music in the Wassa Center Mall to run in and get the new album that's coming out today that I've been waiting for for months. Nice. So by doing this, I've recreated that for myself in the old age. I love it. It makes me feel great. Like I said, to go in and get that Skiro CD and be weird, be the weird old rock guy, yeah, I came in here for this. This is all I'm here for. Open it up, and here's my money, and let me have it. Let's go and go throw it in the car and fire it up before I'm even out of the parking lot. It takes me back and it makes me feel good. So if anybody out there can find a place like that where you live that has that or even, you know, pre-ordering it and waiting for it to show up in the mailbox, standing up by the mailbox, you know, all anxious and excited is cool, too, I suppose. But I kind of like the feeling of going into the store and buying it and walking out and putting it right into my CD player in the car Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because it takes me back. It makes me feel young, you know, and I like that Mm -hmm. keeps me young, young at heart keeps me looking good too when you feel young you look young i think <laughs> i'm just letting you go
1: <laughs> uh any others is that it for this week
0: that's it that's what you got you know <laughs> so a lot of cool stuff just came out a couple of king gizzard and the wizard lizard cds <laughs> wednesday 13 the cult Reich, skid row striper coming ugly kid joe coming It's all good. Get out there and support your favorite bands. Buy their music because when you do, it shows them something. There's value in what we're doing. Let's keep doing it.
1: I'll tell you what I have coming a month from today. That's the Kiss Creatures of the Night Super Deluxe Edition. We'll be at my house a
0: a month from today. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mention that today because it's too far in the future. I'm just excited for it. There's some other cool stuff coming out soon. There's a uh, Doors album that's coming out just for Record Store Day, which is coming up, I think, at the end of October. And uh, it's a blue vinyl, and it's a couple of unreleased songs. Unreleased songs? Like with Morrison on them? With Morrison on them, yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Like one I seen was called Paris Blues. Um, the woman is a devil, but I think I've heard that before. It may have been a a demo version or something. And then, uh, there's another one too, I know I've heard before too, but they say this is a completely different version of the song. And then there's some other stuff on there, but it's all Jim Morrison and it's all at least rare Doors songs, at the least.
1: I haven't listened to The Doors in years. I probably need to.
0: Yeah. I was, uh, cruising. I had the iPod on the other day and was just letting it shuffle and, uh, not to touch the earth came up on the shuffle, and I was like, "Man, I don't listen to enough Doors. This is really good." Yeah, I was a Doors nut when that movie came out when I was a teenager.
1: Yeah, I got into them for about a year. When I was where I was really into their stuff, and then kind of just faded for some reason. Yeah. All right. Well, let right, get back to the last few stories yeah. here. Yeah. What else we got going on in the news? K.K. K. Downing has confirmed that he will perform with Judas Priest at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony next
0: Hell month. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but, uh, see, I guess you got to love Judas Priest, man. They give it to the fans, you know. Even if the, them and the band and K.K. Downing don't see eye to eye on a whole lot, they know that this means something to the fans. Not like, you know, my favorite band are like, we're not going to play at all because all right. we can't get our shit together even to play a couple of songs together at the Hall of Fame. I mean, pfft. Whatever, Judas Priest. Every time I turn around, I get more and more respect for this band.
1: Yep. He also confirmed that uh, drummer Les Binks will get up on stage with him, too. Nice. That's cool.
0: Yep. See, I like that. I mean, they mm-hmm. try to include everybody. Yep.
1: I think I saw I saw in a different interview where he said something like, uh, "He's not going to break a sweat because it's it's going to be just a quick." F- oh yeah, he says we've got like eight minutes and twenty four seconds to play live. So. It's going to be yeah. two songs at the most, it sounds like.
0: And their half-ass induction. Yeah.
1: I don't... Yeah. Typical fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's do enough to to keep the metal fans off our asses, and but do the bare minimum to honor these guys.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, oh, well, we want to put in some bands that came out last year that are real popular on the YouTube. They're like, yeah, but aren't the Judas Priest fans going to be really pissed and really outraged? I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, Judas Priest, Deep Purple. What is with these people? What is wrong with them? You know, we need to put in LMFAO or some shit. You know? <laughs> LMFAO,
1: oh, God. That wouldn't surprise me at least if they took me. a
0: band like that and said they does their Hall of Fame worthy, but uh, Deep Purple isn't.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, how the fuck is Deep
0: Purple still not in? That's ridiculous. Here's how they're not in. Fuck the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: It's your record collection. That's your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: But thumbs up to Judas Priest for trying within the constraints of the bullshit that they're in, you know, and the situation that they're in, still trying to take some pride in it and still giving it to the fans as best as they believe they can, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think that's great. I think it's really cool. And, you know, it just, man, it sucks sometimes being a Kiss fan when you look at stuff like that. Yeah, You know, and see a band that truly, truly gives a shit about the people that put them there.
1: Yeah. I saw Judas Priest started up their new leg of the 50 Years of Heavy Metal Tour, and uh, they broke out Genocide for the first time since
0: 1982.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, they're digging into the catalog now. I thought that I'm not I'm not crazy about that song but it's still cool that they broke No, it
0: it's mind. still pretty damn cool. Yeah, it's not yeah. one of their best but uh, like we said about Alice Cooper and all these other bands that do this, you know, how cool is it to be there and be like I remember the night they played Genocide in 2022. Yep. It stands out, it makes it unique, it makes it memorable. I remember the time they played Detroit Rock City. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Can you believe that they played Love Gun? Oh, my God. My mind is blown. Does anybody go to a Kiss show? I really hope they
1: play rock and roll all night this time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe they're playing it and they saved it for last. This is my jam.
1: See, I'd do the opposite if I was in Kiss. I would say, you know what? Yeah, we have to play
0: it, but open the fucking show with it and just get it over with
1: and be done with it.
0: Didn't they do something like that that time you seen them down on the boat? No, they didn't even play it that night. Yeah, that's what it was. They didn't even play it. Yeah, that was at the
1: the Gibson 100th Anniversary Show.
0: To have gone and seen a Kiss show where they didn't even play rock and roll all night. You must have been heartbroken, right? Fuck no. I can't believe
1: it. They didn't play my song. They Yeah, they, they closed with Heavens on Fire. That was what they closed with.
0: See, and that's about as unique as it gets with Kiss. Like, you've seen a show where they didn't play rock and roll all night. Yeah, that's your special memory.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, that show was killer because like they broke out a lot of great. They they played "Going Blind," "Watching You," "War Machine," uh, "Got to Choose." Uh, oh. just, they played a. It was more uh, what, a "Parasite." It was like heavier, heavier stuff. It was the like night. the
0: set list of like if I got to put together their set list. Oh yeah, stuff they'd be playing.
1: Yeah, there was not a bad, bad song in the whole... No ballads, it was just rocking all the way through. It was great.
0: So Kiss is only cool when they think people aren't looking.
1: Basically, anytime they're struggling, that's when they do their best work.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, anyway, we, as we steer everything back to Kiss.
0: We need to boycott Kiss so they start acting cool again. <laughs> right, just, just ignore them. Ignore them. They'll do something cool eventually. All right. Um... So yeah, so I've got a
1: story here about Blackie Lawless. The reason I put this on the sheet, this came from an interview that Ron Keel did on the Ron Keel podcast with Blackie. It's a great interview. Ron did an awesome job with this interview. Um, But the thing is, Ron went there. And do you know what I mean when I say Ron went there?
0: Uh, Ron brought up Rick
1: Fox to Blackie Lawless.
0: Oh yeah. no shit!
1: Because yeah, because <laughs> well, Ron we're knows Rick. Because
0: <laughs> they were in bands yeah. together. Yeah,
1: And he's like, and I got halfway through it and I'm listening. And then all of a sudden, Ron goes, "There's one person I want to bring up, and I'm sorry, Blackie, but I have to go there because he's an ex bandmate." And I, and my ears perked up. I'm like, "Is he gonna fucking bring up Rick?" And he's like, "I got to talk about Rick Fox," and you know he 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 he, he wow. talked about how. Uh, you know, he helped start, you know, he helped you at the beginning of Wasp and he was in the band and helped come up with the name and everything. And, and Blackie just backpedaled like he always does. It just, he's like, well, yeah. and it, he's like, well, I, you know, I wouldn't call doing a tryout as being a member of the band. And Ron's like, yeah, but there's photos of him with you guys. He's like, you guys did a photo session. He's like, yo, Blackie goes, oh yeah, well, th- those were test photos just to see how the band would look. And I'm like, Get the fuck out of here. You're a struggling band in L.A. Wow. You don't have the kind of money to waste on quote-unquote test shots to see how a band looks. He was in the band. I mean, give me a fucking break. You know, I just...
0: So did he follow up? And so why do you hate well, this I mean, guy so bad? You know,
1: I, th- I can't remember exactly. but I mean, it would, it, I mean, nothing of substance came out of Blackie's mouth as far as confirming anything that Rick has told us. Yeah. And I don't... I. You know, I don't think Rick has any reason to lie about it. I mean, it's, why would he? I mean, what does he gain out of it? And it's just. uh,
0: Right, because it's not that big of a deal to not believe that Blackie thought of every good idea and wrote every note of music that was good ever in Wasp and nobody else ever, anybody, anytime, anywhere, anyone. Yeah. Besides, Blackie had anything to do with well, the that's, success that's of Wasp.
1: Basically, what it boils down to is Blackie wants to take full credit for everything, and and I I still love that story Rick told us about how the name came about. You know, he was he stepped on a you know there was a bee outside the uh, Blackie's apartment where he was hanging out, and it hit him, and he was went in. and He told Blackie's like, "What about the name Wasp?" And Blackie's like, "Oh, I like that. We'll keep thinking on it." And then he shows up at band, Blackie shows up at band practice the next time and goes. Here's the name we're gonna go with. We're gonna be called Wasp, and Randy Piper goes, "Who names their band after a bug?" And then Rick goes, "Um, the Beatles." <laughs> 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 no, that's too funny. I love funny. that story. But I just, uh, but I got to give Ron massive props for having the balls to bring that up yeah. to Blackie. I thought it was great.
0: Well, and it's cool too because any other anybody else interviewing him. He, Probably would have been like yeah. interview over and don't ever call me again, but because Ron sits at yeah. equal footing with him, you know, can ask those things without yeah. being scared of, you know, Blackie blacklisting right. and,
1: and, you. And Ron, to be fair, Ron didn't go at it as like a gotcha moment or anything. It, that's not at all right. the impression it gave me. But he, you know, he goes back to the early LA days with with Blackie, so I think he felt like, well, I can bring this up. And uh, Blackie, I mean, Blackie was yeah. polite about it, but he st- it still sounded like a lot of rewriting history to me on his part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Be like, hey, Blackie, everybody else loves this guy, Rick Fox, except for you. Yeah.
1: What gifts? Yeah, I had to bring that up because I thought I was like, I was like, whoa, he's going to ask him. But uh, so I thought that was really cool. So good on you, Ron. Um,
0: that is awesome. Uh, just a couple
1: like more stories before we get out of here. Uh, the Ramones have gotten their biggest payday ever, and it's after pretty much all but one member of the band are dead now.
0: Jeez.
1: the Joey Ramones' music catalog sold for $10 million to Primary Wave Publishing. Wow. Kind of cool, yeah. kind of um, sad. But, yeah. It,
0: the, you know, those guys were so punk rock, I don't think they would have sold their catalog yeah. had they been alive because that would felt like selling out to them, I would guess.
1: The thing I don't get is like, so, like, a lot of bands wouldn't sell their publishing during kind of the salad days of music, I guess, because it was selling well enough where they're like, we well, should keep it. But now a lot of them are offloading it for millions to these companies. But I'm thinking, why are these companies buying all this music for these ridiculous prices when music doesn't sell? I'm like, is there something being orchestrated behind the scenes? I get TV and movies and commercials and all, but can they really be making
0: that much from those things? I mean, you figure if you own it all till the end of time, you know, so this music is timeless. You know, long after we're dead, there's going to be some kind of Ramon song advertising some weird thing that hasn't been invented yet. And it's beyond our understanding, but somebody with a whole lot of money has got an idea about it. This is me being tinfoil hat guy. I just wonder if there's some
1: sort of, plan in motion to crack down more on, I don't know how you do it, but on leaked music and trying to to make it go back to the old days, but I just don't know how that's possible. You know, without like a...
0: Where if you want it, you have to buy it. And if you want it, you have to buy it from Primary Wave Publishing.
1: Well, I don't know. It's just odd. Um, Because there's so much money being forked out for all these things. Like Bruce Springsteen, what it is was like something like half a billion dollars. Yeah. And it's like How are you ever going to recoup that money? It's not, I just don't see it. You know, I I
0: don't know. Unless it's like everything. Like, you know, someday there's going to be more documentaries about these people once they're gone. And they're going to want to use the music. And there's going to be, you know, and that's the thing too. Like, all these bands are getting older. And in the case of the Ramones, they're all dead already. It's a legacy (laughs) that is finished, has a period at the end of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: There will be no more. And it's revered. I mean, you can't go to a Hot Topic in the country without a Ramones t-shirt hanging somewhere in there. Yeah. You know, people that don't even understand the music. I mean, these are legendary things that are going to live forever. Yeah. And if something's going to live forever, then over the course of forever, you got an opportunity to make a lot of money off it if you own it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm happy for Joey's brother, Mickey Lee, because he's, he's the one who's probably benefiting the most out of this, but he's done a really great job of preserving his brother's legacy over the years, so I, I'm happy for him.
0: Yeah. I saw something recently, and we talked about this a little while ago, about when the Stranger Things happened with Metallica, and all of a sudden Metallica was super popular again, and the song Master of Puppets was super popular because... Of the appearance in the song in in the TV show Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and at that time people started talking about the gatekeepers of metal, right? Like people that say, "I guess you know, I was I've listened to this from the very beginning. I've been seeing more and more stuff about gatekeeping of metal, and it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's gone so, on forever, though. Well, but." The way I see it is that I think more than almost any other genre of music, metal and rock is happily passed on to the next generations. Like, we want our kids to appreciate this kind of music. You know, we want to see young people pick up guitars and drums and learn how to sing really good without the help of auto tune and all that good stuff. You know, we want to see more people in this. And I don't know, I don't see, I've never gone to a concert where there's an old dude at the door and he's going, come on in, come on in. Hey, you, hey, how old are you? What? 19? Get the fuck out of here. We don't want no, this is, I've been a metal fan since I was 19. And if you weren't, you don't belong. I don't, I don't see that. Uh, well, it's not so much happening
1: at a concert, but it's happening online every day. I mean, Just ask the guys in Greta Van Fleet how much hate they get over from people that are older or newer bands that are on frontiers that sound like 80s bands. And people are like, ah, if I want to hear Motley Crue, I'll fucking listen to Motley Crue. There's a lot of hate that goes on from older metal fans that are like, God forbid anybody under 30 gets into this music. I mean, it, it happens a lot.
0: Hmm. That is weird, man. I don't understand that. Well,
1: and then I saw um, Will Smith's kid, Willow, just, you know... Because remember, Will Smith's wife, Jada, did Wicked Wisdom. They were a new metal band in the 90s or or early 2000s. Yeah, I do remember that. Well, their kid, Willow, is now a rock artist and was on Saturday Night Live and did a live performance, and I thought it was great. Um, Now it's a little bit more pop-oriented, but it's still... It's got a lot of heavy guitars. It's catchy and uh, can even scream a little bit. So, But I saw a lot of hate coming out for that, too. And it just, It's just people. It's, it's one of those things where it's like there's an older set of metalheads or rock fans that they just want to hate on anything from younger people. And it, And I get it. If you don't like something, that's fine. But it does come off that way a lot with these certain people. And it's kind of like, you know what? You should be encouraging this a little bit more because otherwise, you know, it's going to go bye-bye, and it's all going to die, because we're all going to die off, you know?
0: Okay, I get it. So that makes a lot more sense, because to me it sounded like, because I read that article, it sounded to me like she was talking about, like, we don't get nothing but old white dudes at our concerts, which may be true. Maybe. But, <laughs> but nobody's standing outside the door not letting young people oh, in. no, no. You oh. know, if anything, for metalheads, I think in that aspect of it, They want to bring other people along to the show to see a rock band. But, man, I guess there are some assholes out there that just, but that's stupid. That's so ass backwards because, like we always say here on the show, when we do like Fresh Blood, that this is the future, you know, without bands like Willow, for example, or, you know, uh, who was another one that talked about this? Uh, Crowbot. Mm Mm-hmm was another one that said, man, a lot of our fans are old white dudes, you know? (laughs) And it's like, you know, you got to encourage these bands. You know, you got to keep them coming. You got to encourage young people to keep it alive. Because like we've said a million times, once, look at the Ramones. We just got done talking about the Ramones. They're dead. There will be no more Ramones music ever, ever, ever. Can't replace it. No. But... You can find kids who listen to the Ramones and go, that's really cool. I want to do something like that. And if you like the Ramones, you should be able to appreciate somebody else that also likes the Ramones trying to carry on that tradition, trying to keep rock and metal and even punk rock alive. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wolfgang Van Halen, I'm thinking
1: the vast majority of his concerts are filled with Van Halen fans. 100%. 100%. I
0: mean, it's, yeah. It's,
1: you know, I'm sure there are some younger people that like it, but that's kind of the uphill battle that that he has, you know. But
0: kind of but probably because they were introduced to it by an old white dude.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: That was a Van Halen fan that says, "Hey young person, I love Van Halen. Here's something you might love." So that kind of ties in to the story I promised that I would tell on this episode of New Noise. Okay. So last week, I know you remember, I posted on my Facebook page a picture of a letter I'd written and a copy of Ace Fraley's 1978 solo album on CD. You recall? Yeah. So it's an interesting story because my wife has a good friend who has a nephew who is autistic. Mm -hmm. And the kid's gone through some issues, has had some problems in his life, you know. And one thing that makes him happier than just about anything is getting a birthday card on his birthday. And it doesn't even matter if it's from people that he doesn't even know. So for years, we've been sending this kid birthday cards. And last year, I think I sent him some Decibel Geek stuff. I think I sent him a flyer and a couple of things I picked up at Rockin' Pod and a Button and sent it to him from the Decibel Geek podcast. We sent one from us and then I did a separate one from from us. Right. And uh, you know, it just I always thought that well that's kind of cool. You know, this kid just really enjoys this, and you know, we don't even know him. I've never met him. All I know is his name is Devin, he's 14, he's autistic, and out of nowhere, he got a letter from me and it says, Hi Devin, this is Aaron Camaro from the Decibel Geek Podcast. I want to wish you a happy birthday. I want you to have this CD by Ace Fraley. He was in a band called Kiss, but he wanted to make his own music. Some people didn't think he was good enough to do it, but he did it anyway. It is my number one favorite, and I bet you'll like it too. And then I signed on the bottom. Aaron Camaro stuck that and the CD in an envelope and sent it to him and said, Young man, you're 14 years old. It's time. Aaron Camaro... Anti-gatekeeper The gates are open Wide open
1: You're such a good
0: guy And I'm turning on The next generation To rock and roll And I thought You know what How cool And But the next thing was Was that Tiffany Had seen that Because my wife Sent it to her friend And she's like Oh that is so cool His dad loved Kiss Oh cool And so It's something that He don't even know The connection But it, it all works Itself out somehow and you know what i just thought you know the kid's 14 it's time (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: right time to be initiated into rock and roll
0: that's right and so hopefully that boy's out there and he's rocking some ace Frehley right now but i thought it was pretty cool i wanted to share it with everybody and that's i didn't really explain the story behind it on my facebook post because i wanted to wait for new noise to tell the story about it and how it came to be
1: that's an awesome story, and you're an awesome person, man.
0: Thanks, man. I just want to pass it on, you know. I don't. That's why I saw the whole thing about the gatekeepers, and I'm like, I don't like this. That's not right. That's not how we are. Right. Yes, we're white. Yes, we're old.
1: <laughs> and yes, we're cranky.
0: <laughs> yes, we're cranky when it comes to certain things. But we love rock, and we want to see it survive, and we want other people to appreciate it. That's why we do this show. That's like when Chris and I were kids and we'd go to other people and be like, oh, have you read the news in Metal Edge? You know, Skid Row's got a new album coming out. Yeah, <laughs> And they're like, oh, I got this new album. Why don't you listen to it with me? What do you think of it? And you're always trying to turn people on to what you love and appreciate. We love and appreciate hard rock and metal music. That's why we do this show. That's why we pray, pray that there's young people out there right now discovering Kiss albums and Led Zeppelin and, you know, Judas Priest and Wasp and all the Ramones and all these bands we've talked about here today. You know, we pray that rock and roll survives. Amen. that's why we do it.
1: All right. One more to go and you ready to get out of here?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: All right. Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) I love this headline. Ozzy Osbourne says David Lee Roth has quote lost a couple of nuts and bolts. He's like somewhere else. Wow! If, if Ozzy Osbourne is saying that about you, you got problems. No problems,
0: man. <laughs> when Ozzy Osbourne says you're nuts, yeah, take that. Take that for what it is. like that old uh, Dennis Leary joke about Keith Richards. Like, Keith Richards is coming on my
1: TV telling me don't do drugs. We can't do any drugs, Keith, because you already fucking did them all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man. But, yeah, he did a new interview with Revolver. Ozzy recalled when Van Halen opened for Black Sabbath in 78 on the European leg of the Never Say Die Tour. And Ozzy says... Eddie was such a great guy. They came to our local pub and it was good fun. But David Lee Roth, he's lost a couple of nuts and bolts. When you meet him, it's like, what's wrong with him? He's like somewhere else, you know? And, uh, he also discussed the, uh, supposed rivalry with a- Randy Rhodes and Eddie. And he says they were arch enemies. Randy didn't have a lot to say about Eddie. They were very, very similar guitar players. Eddie took that tapping thing to another level. Randy could do that, but he liked people like Leslie West. And, uh, He says, it amazes me that you get Eddie, you get Randy, and you go, no one's ever going to top that, but there's a new thing around every corner. But uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of a throwaway quote, but the headline made me laugh enough, and I'm like, we should finish the show with that quote.
0: I was trying to imagine if there was ever a time in the 80s where David Lee Roth and Ozzy Osbourne were in the same room doing drugs together (sighs) and what that must have been like.
1: Well, I never heard of a room exploding in 1978, so I guess. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Too much awesomeness
0: a, in one room.
1: Yeah, t- t- too much insanity also. Uh, both of them at peak uh,
0: drug-taking
1: <laughs> force, you know. That would be yeah. crazy. Two Although of the guys
0: that did the most.
1: Yeah, but, um, yeah, I just thought that was funny. And uh, I was... Um, I'm, I'm envious of anyone who got to see that tour with Sabbath and yeah. Van Halen opening. That must have been amazing.
0: Yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah. and... Uh, Welcome to 1978 official Coke-Off. Right. Your challenger, Ozzy yeah. Osbourne, his opponent, David Lee Roth, who can do the most.
1: Nostril Fest, 1978.
0: <laughs> um, He's stuck there for weeks.
1: So, uh... I'll let you wrap things up, but I just want to make a mention. If you're hearing this before, um, June 26th, uh, I will be in L.A. uh, next week for the Cruise Fest event happening in San Pedro. And um, a bunch of us are getting together at the Rainbow on Wednesday the 26th. So if you want to hang out, get in touch with me.
0: Oh, man, you're going to get to meet Anton Figg. That's right. (sighs) So jealous. (laughs)
1: I'll get you his autograph.
0: I would love that. That guy is a hero to me. You know, when I was in junior high, I was just talking about this the other day with somebody about foolish decisions we make when we're young because we don't understand the future. When I was in junior high, we had uh, the option to take a foreign language. Well, it wasn't an option. You had to take foreign language. But the option was your choices of languages. My choices were between Spanish and German, And at the time, I was like, well, I don't know any Spanish people. And, you know, my family, a lot of them, are half of them is German. Mm -hmm. You know, it would be cool to learn German. I could sure use some Spanish language instruction nowadays for all the people I know that speak Spanish. And I know a lot of them. And I don't speak a lick of it. I use my phone to communicate with them. I could barely speak German. But the cool thing is, is that when German class started, we had a teacher named Frau LeMay. She was super nice, super sweet. And she told us we had to choose German names for this class. And then that is the name you would be known for through the whole year. Uh And so I thought, oh, man, I'm going to pick something close to my own name so it's easy. And when I flipped open (laughs) the book, I was spinning through the A's and I saw Anton. And I was like, I'm Anton. And it wasn't because it started with an A or it was close to my name because as soon as I saw it, mm. I was like Anton Figg. Nice. He inspired my German name of choice. I'll tell him. <laughs> I'm sure that'll mean a lot to him. <laughs> uh, I, I'm
1: sure he'll get a laugh out of it. I'm, I'm working the event for uh, my partner Joe, so I'll, I'll be behind the scenes for a lot of stuff, and I'm, I'm sure I'll, nice. get, I'll get some access to him while he's he'll there. be like, you
0: know decibel geek like we're nerds about rock music like so nerdy that when my co-host was in junior high (laughs) well i and i told joe i was like
1: just know that i'm gonna pester him to do albums unleashed on the 78 solo album when i'm
0: there oh man that has been top of my wish list since pretty much the very beginning of doing this show
1: yeah i want to try to make it happen
0: i would love that maybe see what he's doing in march wink wink elbow elbow I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> nice. I would like to meet him, too, but for I am not going to L.A. But Chris yeah. will be there. Cruise Fest, man, you got to love it. Joe and Chris working together on this thing. It's going to be like rock and pot and then some for the people out on the West Coast. So if you are on the West Coast, you got to go to Cruise Fest. Even if you're not getting on the boat, you still got to go to the party. Yeah, I'm not. And if you got a decibel geek T-shirt, why don't you put that on and go and hang out, represent?
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. And then the concert is going to have uh, Slaughter, the Iron Maidens, Dress to Kill, which is a Kiss tribute band, and uh, Fair Warning of Halo tribute band, and most importantly, what they're calling the Comet All Stars, which features uh, Anton and Todd Howarth doing uh, Kiss and Ace Frehley songs.
0: Why well, no John Regan?
1: John's not doing well with his health lately. I don't oh, think. Oh man, so, I mean, I hate I mean to he's hear o- that. he's okay, but traveling is
0: kind yeah. of a, kind of a
1: problem for him right now. I but, yeah. can dig
0: that. John Regan is such a sweetheart of a guy. I'll never forget when he came on the show because he was so nice to us.
1: Yeah, he's he's a sweetheart.
0: Like John Regan still wishes me a happy birthday on Facebook every year. That blows my mind every year.
1: He's a genuinely good person.
0: Like if none of the rest of you people wish me a happy birthday, but John <laughs> Regan did, I wouldn't even care. Yeah, yeah. I made my day when he did the same for me. I was like, "Wow, John Regan <laughs> wish me a happy birthday." That's freaking awesome. I know, <laughs> I know. Like talking about like being young, that guy was on my T-shirt that I wore like almost every other day right. for a good portion of my youth. Pretty cool. Well, best wishes, John Regan, man. We love you, man, and have an awesome time at Cruise Fest. Thanks, man. I'll be uh, I'll be reporting in regularly to you anything else is just the regular you know us we're part of pantheon podcast you also know we got a facebook page we got a facebook community help us figure out what we're going to call this show yeah rockin pod's coming up go to rockinpod.com we're going to have more announcements coming on our next episode that we get back to the regular episode of decibel geek following our big 500th episode and this new noise weekly so Thank you guys, as always, for supporting us. Episode 501. Woohoo! Gotta love it. And many more to come. You guys stick with us, because we're not going nowhere. Rock and roll.
1: See ya.